You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed, and this week's show is brought to you by Madaro. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to learn from their career journeys as professionals in their fields. Tune in every week on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section. Today's guest is Zainab Ahmadi. Zainab aspires to protect those who could not be protected, serve communities who are underrepresented with liberty and justice. Assalamualaikum, Zainab. How are you? Assalamualaikum. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. No problem. It's an honor. <laughs> We're excited to have you on. Um, so just to give people a little background, you are currently studying criminal justice. Um, where are you studying? Yes, I'm currently studying in um, the field of criminal justice. I'm in Rutgers University, the School mm. of Criminal Justice in Newark, New Jersey. Mm. Um, and there's uh, been a lot of uh, twists and turns that made you come to the decision of uh, going into this field, which is not an easy decision to make uh, as a visible Muslim woman in these times. Um, so let's take it back to the beginning and then we will delve into everything else. Um, what was what did you initially want to study? So initially up until junior year of high school, I my heart and mind was set on to become an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got this ideology from, you know, looking up to my dad. He was my biggest role model growing up. So, you know, seeing him and I'm like thinking to myself, I want to be just like him. Mm-hmm. you know to do everything that he does being like a successful engineer like that was my biggest dream and then you know up until junior year like I even had schools planned out you know like which school yeah. I'm gonna go to this is what I'm gonna do this is how I'm gonna take it and then um you know obviously my decision changed from then on mm-hmm. and what uh, affected this change what happened um so during that time there was a lot of things going on uh, personally. So mm-hmm. this, this decision came to me after certain events that came together and, you know, happened, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But that really set my mind and like really made me change what I stand for. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I was like, you know, this is, this is my true passion to mm-hmm. be in the criminal justice field to be successful and hopefully, inshallah, become a lawyer. So from then on, that really changed my perspective. Um, When you think back to that time, what was the thing, um, we don't have to go into specifics, but what was the thing that sort of pushed you towards um, going into criminal justice? Was, what was that drive for you? What did you want to accomplish? So in that time frame when everything had initially happened, my mm-hmm. biggest drive was, you know, there's certain events that occurred and that really made me realize I don't want any other families to go through what mm-hmm. happened. Like I want to be a representation for them to, you know, help them achieve the closure that they really desperately need. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, in my biggest thing to, you know, to honest and truly help families to give them what they deserve because everyone deserves an answer at the end of the day. And you wanted to be that form of representation within our justice system. 
Absolutely. Because, you know, if you look at it, there's such a lack of this type of representation, you know, mm-hmm. we need more people in these fields to show, hey, like, you know, it's a, like strive for the best. Be the representation, be who, you know, what you want to see in the system. What changes when we have um, people of color or people who represent us uh, in these um, positions of power, people who can literally change um, what goes on? Um, I feel like having people in these fields, like Mm -hmm. in this form of, you know, study, it kind of encourages more individuals to come toward this field of study. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, it's not just limited to a certain sect of people. This mm-hmm. encourages people from like our minority. We are a minority. And it, you know, encourages us, hey, like go study this and be who you really want to see. Because, you know, there's certain people that like want to see change, but don't put any effort to be the change. But if yeah. you are, you know, this is a great opportunity to show like there is no stigma behind joining this field of study. Mm -hmm. What was the community that you um, lived in like initially? Uh, Where do you live uh, currently? Currently, um, I live in Parsippany, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, It's predominantly, you know, we have a good representation of Middle Easterns here. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, there is no representation of us within like our local police department. Yeah. So for that, it's like, you know, we have you know, it's great. We have a lot of people who are being successful, but we also need more individuals within these types of careers. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, you know, growing up, I had no one to really like look up to and be like, hey, like, this is the person that's in this field. I want to be just like them. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, you know, I'm currently the only person in this field, only girl in this field. So for (laughs) everyone it's like such a shock you know like this girl she's in this field what (laughs) what was that like telling your parents you know I want to do this um in the beginning at first it was kind of hard to win them over (laughs) because um you know I'm a young hijabi girl tiny (laughs) so for them it's like they're gonna crush you what are you doing you know protect you Mm -hmm. yeah someone needs to protect you but you know when they initially when they think of you know a small girl going into this field it's like she she's done she can't be protected someone has to protect her but over time they really became supportive Mm -hmm. and they're like follow your dreams like we over the years they've seen how much passion I have for the specific field and this major and they've really respected that and now they're like my number one supporters that's great and it's uh I think it's more um, parents fear over you and if you can handle um, the things that are going to be thrown at you because it's not an easy field to go into especially um, in the day and age that we're in at the moment absolutely yeah I mean I give them every right you know their mm-hmm. parents they're gonna be worried and at the same time it's like you know they also know their children know they're capable of handling yeah. search certain things mm-hmm. what about from the community did you feel any um backlash or support um so from the community it's been kind of a mix 
there's mm-hmm. certain people where they look at me and they're like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain individuals, they're like, you go, like, you do what you have to do. Yeah. Like, we're really proud of you. We support you all the way. So, you know, you always have that selective individuals who always be like, no, don't do it. It's risky. You're putting your life in danger. And then there's, you know, you have a good vast majority that are like, we need more representation. We're proud of you. Go mm-hmm. do this. What's your response to those people who would call you um, a walking, talking target? My response to them is, you know, if I'm the walking, talking target, that's an honor because I'm protecting those who really need to be, you know, away from these types of violence, you know, Mm -hmm. like me, I take the risk because that's how life is. You have to take the risk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't be fearful of what's going to happen to me because of this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But if you really think about it, you're protecting individuals who truly need your protection. And that's amazing. Um, (laughs) You're taking that drive and power and passion that you have to put it into something because you know that you can handle this. Um, And it takes a special kind of personality to be able to overcome um, even the socioeconomic factors outside of your own community communities um you know the world that we live in the age that we live in um being especially at this time um with a light being shined on all uh muslims basically absolutely absolutely like it takes a lot of courage to Mm -hmm. do this but You know, if you have the courage and you have the drive and the passion for it, there's no reason for it to stop you. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those people who do feel discouraged um, because of these factors? For those who feel discouraged, my biggest advice for you is never give up Mm -hmm. because there's going to be certain factors that's going to pull you down. It's going to weigh you down and say, hey, like they're going to make you doubt it. But never let the doubts really get to you because at the end of the day, if you honest and truly have that passion, like I said, let it set your soul on fire and go for it anyway. There is no reason for it to stop you. Let it set your soul on fire. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the process um, like applying for your program and what will be the next steps for you? Um, To apply for this program, I specifically applied to the School of Criminal Justice. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just like, you know, the regular college-based, you know, undergrad entry. So there really wasn't a big of a challenge for me to get in Mm -hmm. because they, my School of Criminal Justice really doesn't, you know, they don't take it hard on individuals to join. And they actually encourage people to come and join the school because there's such a lack of students. Yeah. And, um, for that, it was just a general, you know, undergrad application. And hopefully the next steps I have is, inshallah, study for the LSATs and start applying to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once, do you have law schools in mind at the moment? Um, my dream school currently is Rutgers Law School because I already go there for undergrad. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I honest to God love the school. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to stay in that school for longer. Um, something that I think isn't talked about much is these types of fields. Um, there's a lot of things that go on in the classrooms that are a little hard and discouraging. Um, 
and I say this from firsthand experience, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who have felt um, microaggressions, have felt different uh, backhanded comments, you know, these types of, uh, I don't know what else to call them other than microaggressions. <laughs> Um, that's exactly what they are (laughs) yeah seriously Um, I remember when I was going into journalism there was a lot of uh, people who gave me this kind of look saying oh you're gonna go into journalism really and I was the only one uh, Muslim girl in hijab in my class surrounded by predominantly white people Um, (laughs) so it was pretty difficult to Uh, navigate not because of my classroom or the people in my class but mainly sometimes from professors Um, and professors who will treat you differently or speak to you in a way that's Mm -hmm. unfair Um, so I want to delve into this topic a little because I feel it's very important to uh, shine a light on this Um, what experiences have you had that are similar absolutely I mean this is I, I've, I'll be honest with you, I've been through this a lot, especially in this field yeah. in career. Um, you know, starting from like undergrad, you know, like this undergrad, it's an English general, general ed, ed, education class. Yeah. And my professor at the time was a lawyer who became a professor. So she had called me into her class one day and told me that if I want to study law, I'll never be successful. Mm-hmm. So I really received that one like bash and it really did affect me because it's like, I, I'm, I'm only in the beginning. Why are you doubting me? You've never seen me. You never, you don't even know who I am. Wow. So for me, that was extremely hard. And then, you know, in my major classes, you know, being the only hijabi girl, Mm-hmm. number one being the only Muslim in the, in the class <laughs> that's another topic and then being surrounded by I hate to say it, but like army veterans and active members of the army mm-hmm. you know those are my classmates that's who I go to school with and for them like you know there'll be some microaggression where they start talking about like anti-terrorism and then all tactics, the eyes look at you and then like everyone just looks at me <laughs> and I'm like I I don't stand with them obviously I'm in this mm-hmm. career <laughs> I'm with you guys like hello I've never that they speak to you as if you know someone who <laughs> I know and I'm oh. like I I don't you know I relate more with you guys than I do with them because I'm not one of them I'm one of you <laughs> I was once asked to read an article by um someone who had lived through war just because she was um a an Syrian journalist um uh, I'm not Syrian. Um, <laughs> the professor just kind of generalized it. And this was an African um, professor. Like she was someone who is of minority, which made it even worse. Um, yeah. She called me over to her office and asked me to read this article because, and I quote, I think you can relate to it. And if it comes from you, the class will respond better. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. At you know, at some points they try to degrade you to such an extent mm-hmm. in front of everyone, but it's like you don't understand what you're doing because yeah. that's not who I am. That's not mm-hmm. what I stand for. I looked at this article and I was like, I I relate more to the white guy in my class who was 
born and raised here because that's what happened. I was born and raised here. Then I relate to someone who lived through war. I can't relate to this experience. Like this is not me. Um, But to shine a light on me just because she's Arab and I'm Arab, that's an overgeneralization that shouldn't happen. And it happens way too often in our classrooms, especially talking about- It truly does. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, Go for it. No, after you. I was, I'm good. <laughs> um, I was going to say, it's, it becomes a little difficult sometimes. Um, and I think, especially when you deal with things that may also ruin your career. Um, like you're saying, someone telling you, don't continue in this program. You're never going to amount to anything. How do you overcome that? So for me, that was, that was my biggest hit. For, me, for someone who doesn't even know me to sit me down and tell me you should drop out of the program. And I just kind of, I don't know, I'm a strong-willed person. So mm-hmm. I looked at her and I was like, I'm not going to drop out of the program, but I'll drop out of your class. Yeah. And you're going to watch me become the successful person. <laughs> like, I, for me, when people tell me that you can't do this, it adds more fuel to my fire. And I'm like, no, I will do it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to witness me doing it. So for me, like, I'm the type of person, I don't take what they say to heart. Like, if they try bashing me down, it's not, you're not, you're not breaking me, you know? Mm-hmm. You're just building me up. It's true. It's giving me more courage to do what I truly desire. It's lighting your fire. Exactly. <laughs> it really is. They're just adding more, you know, more to my passion. And more that's- fuel. <laughs> Yeah, keep on adding it. <laughs> keep it coming. Um, it's crazy to think about this stuff. And I think this stuff is never really um, brought up as much uh, because you feel like you're the only one who's going through this experience and everyone around you in this community won't relate. So why would I even bring it up? Absolutely, yeah. I feel that. <laughs> um, how do we break the taboos in our culture? How do we break this barrier um, of, you know, being the visible Muslim woman or being labeled or being uh, addressed differently? Um, so I think how these fields, we should basically. break it in these fields is that we need more people in these fields in order to break it. Because with if you, you know, I'll say it from starting within my own community, like I am, like I said, the only girl in this field. But if I make it, you know, if I'm successful enough, they're going to look at their kids and like, wow, this is great. She did it. So can you. Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of have to be a role model, especially if this like you're the f- first person to enter this type of field. You're serving as a role model for those younger generations, for them to look up at you and say, no, but she made it through. Mm-hmm. So that means I can do it. You have that sense of responsibility towards it. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely do. Because, you know, like I said, you you want to make an impression to break this taboo and say, hey, it's not, this is not a bad field. Like, you have to be human to enter this field. You don't have to be patriotic. Yeah. And that's two different things. People continuously mix that up. Being in this field doesn't mean that you have to be 100% patriotic. Being in this field means that you have the compassion to help someone who's in desperate need. Mm -hmm. And where do you get your inspiration from that from? Um, I actually get my inspiration from 
the one and only Abu Fazla Abbas. Um, he has been a big inspiration for me. That whole event that will happen at Karbala, that was very important because they that battle that they fought was the true meaning of justice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a true meaning of standing up against injustice. And over the over winter, I had the opportunity, I was very blessed to go to Iraq and, you know, I had the opportunity to visit his shrine and that just, just sitting in there fueled my fire and was like, this is what I have to do. Like, they were just, like, at the end of the day, they were human as well. And, you know, that kind of makes you realize that no matter who you are, you should stand up against injustice. Mm-hmm. And if you honestly have the passion for it, there should be nothing stopping you from achieving what you really want. Mm-hmm. Because what happened on the battlefields of Karbala wasn't something um, just religious. It was really a, a stand for humanity. Exactly. And this is what this feels all about, humanity. There is no, you know, you just have to be human to help those who really need you. Yeah. Do you think it's important to let ourselves feel anger and sadness about the events and the news we hear um, in our society? In certain aspects, yes, that sadness should, you know, inspire you mm-hmm. to be the change you want to see. Because if there's something going on and you know you do nothing about it, it's just gonna get worse. But if you let that sadness really inspire you, there's going to be, you know, that could be a whole movement. You can gather around and, you know, start a movement about the certain problem, be vocal about the certain problem and show people that, hey, this certain situation is wrong. Mm -hmm. You should stand up against it. Um, And something that you said in our pre-interview was in order to stop it, we need to start within. What did you mean by that? Um, So what I meant by that is, you know, if you want to see change in your society or if something is happening and you want to see, you know, an end to it, you need to be that person who starts within themselves Mm -hmm. to see that, you know, certain situations that happen to you personally don't happen again you know so you know I feel like that's just you know you have to be the change that you want to see because if you want to see society changing for the better you have to you know be a better person yourself for society to be better it's true everyone works on themselves then right away Yeah, definitely and that's that's where it all starts Mm mm-hmm What's something you wish you would have known or someone would have told you before you entered uh, this field of study? So um, if there's one thing I really wish to know, this is kind of based off academia. I wish Mm -hmm. that I had someone to like guide me through this field and be like, hey, there's these certain classes you should take and certain classes you shouldn't take. Like, I, I honest, I, I never knew that I wasn't supposed to take intro to criminal justice and criminology within one semester. <laughs> oh, you took them both in the same semester. I took them both the same semester. <laughs> and then I got, like, an email from the dean that you should drop one. And I'm like, 
but oh. no, I haven't in this class. What do you mean? <laughs> so I ended up finishing up my major requirements a lot faster than my general education requirements. Okay. And so at that point, just... it's like, please just give me my degree, you know? Are <laughs> you just chilling, trying to like pass through those classes? Yeah, definitely. And I, <laughs> and I wish like there was someone there, like, you know, internship wise, I wish mm-hmm. I had someone to say, hey, these are good places for you to apply they will take you immediately and you know you don't have to search for networks of people you know because it's hard if you don't know anyone yeah and I wish I knew someone within this field to be like hey can you help me well positive thing we have uh people who have come on who are lawyers so you can go back to our previous speakers and check them out and contact them definitely Uh, that goes for (laughs) anyone else as well um even if you want to contact Zainab you can come through our website and contact her and get to know her and anyone of our previous speakers as well. Um, From a professional aspect, uh, what do you aspire to become? From a professional aspect, I would really want to continue my studies and become a prosecutor, Mm -hmm. a criminal prosecutor, because my background obviously is criminal justice so I deal more with crime I I have a better a better chance of understanding things that have to do with you know criminal criminal stuff (laughs) criminality yeah rather than something like out of the ordinary like cybercrime because cybercrime requires you to know computers inside and out yeah and that's you know based off my background it's more easier for me to do with you know the criminality aspect of it Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing aspiration. That's something that um, is a very highly, uh, like a field that people look at highly, you know. Um, but also there's this wave, I think, uh, across our countries, US or Canada. Um, for example, in Quebec and Canada, there's uh, the bill that was passed that doesn't allow um, religious symbols in courthouses and different uh, several places of government um, which doesn't allow someone like you like me um, exercise law anymore or um, go into the courtroom to maybe report on a story yeah to Uh, me I find that very um, very out of the ordinary mm mm-hmm because in the, these certain situations, I don't think that, you know, people should just accept it and say, hey, it's okay, it's just a law. Yeah. Because you should stand up for your rights. This is a, you know, this is what a given right to stand up for your freedom of religion, mm-hmm. to be able to express yourself and not having to be threatened and say, hey, I can't practice this because the law says this. And I feel like, you know, it, it's it's difficult, but at the same time, that shouldn't stop anyone from, you know, changing this aspect, changing it mm-hmm. to be part of um, a movement to say, hey, no, we are we are a vast majority people here, and we're not going to let someone downgrade us like that. Yeah. And a lot of people um, have decided to change their careers because of something like this. Um, which is why we need more people to speak up and more people to enter these fields. 
exactly the more representation you have mm-hmm. the more it turns into a normal aspect for society yeah. like the more hijabi you know law enforcement people lawyers anyone within this field of like criminal justice i feel like that will make it more of a norm of society yeah because there's certain you know you see like probably out of the city of Newark, there's only one hijabi cop mm-hmm. and everyone kind of looks at her and it's like you know why you look like out of strange. place yeah. yeah like you look out of place you should like people sometimes even like make comments like you shouldn't be there yeah but if you have more of them and more representation than that people start to accept and say no like it's it's wrong to degrade someone like that mm-hmm. so and we're given this uh, this hijab. I think a lot of people don't understand, but it's it's something that you we carry it proudly, and we represent our communities. We represent our religion. Um, it's not something that is, you know, that we don't wear um, with that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's a part of who we are. <laughs> exactly. You can't explain it to anyone who doesn't um, wear it or understand it. It's it's literally your. It's part of your identity. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we come to our end of the show, it's wow. It's already uh, <laughs> been thirty <laughs> minutes. Um, what is your final piece of advice for our listeners? So, like I said earlier. Um, you know, this is a piece of advice that I follow truly by heart. And it's find your passion, even if it's not in criminal justice, mm-hmm. <laughs> find your passion and honestly, let it set your soul on fire. Because when you allow that to happen, you are so determined to get to where you want to be. And this will motivate you. And, you know, it has a huge impact on you when you truly, truly let your passion, you know, take the best of you and, you know, you'll do wonders. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you going to far places, which I feel like you are. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences and for being so um, open about talking about um, issues that don't usually get spoken about. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. It was our pleasure to be able to speak out my Mm -hmm. experiences. Thank you, Zainab. Thank you so much. You were just listening to the UMentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under prior talk shows. And while you're there, you can always catch up to our previous shows on SoundCloud or our iTunes podcast. So why not subscribe? If you want to reach out to today's speaker or speakers from any of our previous shows to ask these professionals any questions you may have, just visit our online platform at emojioutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups. Thank you for listening to our speaker today on Facebook Live, and be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear more stories from our next guest.